0: Blueology, I am Ricky
1: and I'm Ethan. And how you feeling today, Ethan? You know, it's uh, it's rainy outside. It's been it's rainy a bit. It's pretty gross. I, for one, feel full and
0: satisfied. We just got some really good Mongolian Mongolian grill type stuff. And that yeah, was, it was sick. Ooh,
1: that was what I needed right in my moment. Of, the best uh, part is you Jenga your bowl to get as much as possible in there. Oh
0: yeah, we, we, you know, they always like advertise that they have special plans like game plan recipe cards, but we didn't, we got every meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Literally make every it a, meat available. A Just it in. A concophony of carnivore carnage. And it was it was delicious, this is what I needed in the exact moment. So uh, okay, so today's episode is one that I feel like it, it took us a little bit to sit down and decide on our answers for this topic, but today we're gonna be talking about main characters we're not too fond of. Main characters there's a lot of cool main characters in anime, but there are some that we are not exactly fans of, and we're gonna talk about what main characters we hate, why we hate them, and what makes them a main character if that debate is required for certain characters. And uh, we're doing another over-under installment today. Who are we doing today, Ethan? Today is Izuku Midoriya. Young Midoriya. Young Midoriya. Young Midoriya, how did you get so cool? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so he, we we uh, once again consulted with RoboPat as you know a good over-under candidate. Uh, he had previously given us Jiraiya.
0: Yeah, he ran through the algorithm again and found that young Midoriya might be a really good one to talk about.
1: Yeah, and and so uh, I'm going to be taking the underrated I'm, approach. I'm going to be taking
0: the mountainous climb of overrated. I don't know. Like we'll we'll get into it, but I, I have my I have my my case made. So um, okay.
1: So first up. Well, actually, before any of that, I just wanted to quickly say. Uh- um, I think we both kind of felt bad about the spring 2019 um, episode, that was episode 7, because yeah. we really hadn't watched a whole lot of them. I mean, I, I feel like I, I
0: did I did turn myself on to a couple because of that discussion.
1: Right, so we actually both are current now on Kometsa no Yaiba.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is Demon Slayer. It's so good. Yeah, so. <laughs> so good. At, at the date of recording, there's nine episodes out, and uh, it's been quite the ride so far.
0: I've loved it. I mean, it's felt so personal. The stakes feel very real, despite being supernaturally bound. It, it's, it's been a treat, a real treat to watch that.
1: It just feels like you're watching like just art, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. And it's by Un- Unfotable, who did all the Fate series. So while the animation is stupid crispy, the CGI- crispy. It, it is dumb crispy. <laughs> the CGI is very tasteful and uh you know i think the animators did a stellar job with it so
1: yeah so i just wanted to give you guys a quick update on that because uh i remember last week we were going through and we we're like you seen that nope nope, <laughs> nope. i probably should watch that <laughs> yeah so we uh we made an effort over the over the work week to get that done yeah
0: and done it was at least we're caught up so
1: <laughs> so we- we're gonna go ahead and start it off with uh I don't know if I want to call it hated main characters, but like definitely ones that pissed me a off. A general sense of distaste, <laughs> yeah. I would
0: say. It's It didn't leave a great taste in our mouths. Um, so what are we including as a main character? What, in your eyes, groups some, a, a character in any given anime show that, that you would say, oh, this is a main. This is a main person.
1: Sure. So I think, to me, what kind of makes a main character isn't necessarily... You know, for instance, in Naruto, Naruto isn't the only main character, right? Right. I mean, people in his, you know, team, maybe even like slightly outside of that, can be considered main characters. I think if you see most of the series, they follow you. Or maybe if there's progression or anything like that with the character, I think you can still consider them a main character.
0: Yeah, I think if they have longevity through the entirety of the show. Right. And they've made it through. Like would you consider Nenji uh, Neji a main character?
1: See, he I would almost call him like a sub tier main character.
0: Right. But it's just in the in the, the fact of just his story arc and how it ends and everything, it just feels very like he could have been a mainstay for the entirety of the series, but you know, they, you know, Kishimoto used them right.
1: Yeah, I think actually in one of our earlier episodes, I did say that he was a main character.
0: Right, so that's that's the thing. We had to go back and look at what we defined as a main character because, you know, there may be some distasteful side characters we didn't like, but they were only side characters, so we had to sit down and, and kind of whittle some stuff down. Right. So speaking on Naruto and Kishimoto, do you, uh, I felt like you, you definitely went heavy on uh, some yeah. characters from his works.
1: Yeah, so... I don't think I'm alone in thinking Sakura is a complete waste of space. Man, I
0: knew this was gonna come up. I, 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 I know she gets a lot of heat. What? Give me the argument. I'll tell you exactly yeah. why Give me the in argument my book. she gets a lot of. So, heat.
1: like as a character, I honestly don't hate her that much. Like from her skill set or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was clear that Kishimoto just kind of left her by the wayside, and like I'll talk about that in a tiny bit. But right, I think what was really annoying was. Like the emotional stuff was really bothering me the whole show. So Just like the
0: way she used her emotions, well, or what she was
1: feeling. She like knew Naruto was into her, right? Yeah. And she kept like stringing him along and like putting him, like making him put himself in insane danger. To basically, like, please her.
0: Because she asked with yeah, I mean, earnest that he would fix all her problems.
1: Naruto, promise me you'll bring Sasuke back no matter what. Ooh,
0: deep quote. Yeah, but that's that's the reason why he's like, okay, I'll do it for, not necessarily for you, but because you asked. Yeah, so like, she, really she's just my...
1: like a complete piece of garbage to Naruto. <laughs> I was like... She honestly wanted him to, like, die. Yeah, right. It was honestly insane. Like, yeah, and at got... one,
0: one point she said that I loved you just to get, like, to toy with him enough to get him to come back and stop this pursuit that like, she asked him. Like, what an absolute monster. She asked him to do that. What a monster. That's so mean. And, like, it put him, like, that whole scene put him through such an emotional stressor that he passed out in the snow.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if, like, I don't think I'm transferring here or anything like that but if someone did that shit to me, I would lose my effing mind. Oh, all,
0: dude, the mind games <laughs> alone. Yeah, okay, so that is that is the main thing I've always heard is that she's always been a real putz to Naruto and just kind of toyed with him to use because she recognized he's way stronger than her at most points in the series.
1: But like, I think the other part of that that really ticks me off is Naruto literally lets her do this to him. So, like, actually, through most of the series, <laughs> I was hating half of Naruto, and I was hating half of Sakura. So...
0: Can you really... But, but the thing is, in, Sh- in he didn't really even... He didn't feel so susceptible by it, you know? He, like, saved her a couple times. She asked him to do of uh, uh, some things, but it never felt like only that one part in the snow where it felt like she was really, it was mostly the Sasuke retrieval arc from Naruto, the original series where she was begging him to get Sasuke back.
1: I don't know, man. I think it was annoying to me. So he goes away for like a year or whatever to train with Jiraiya. He comes back and he still has this like childhood crush on her still. Like he still kind of acts like he wants to date her. Even in the war arc when his dad comes over, uh, you know he uses flying Raijin to catch up with him. and he's like, yeah. "Oh, are you his girlfriend?" And, and Naruto's like, "Well, and you she know," punches the shit out of him. It's like dog. I like if he would have like double down on it, and she's like, "Yeah, this is Bay." This Like is, this absolutely is respect this man. He saved your ass so many times. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. But you you know that it always had to be Hinata. <laughs> in the end, like you know, I don't it know, have- man.
1: I feel like that was like. I almost feel like they shoot horn that in out of nowhere. It
0: almost feels like now she's getting like countercucked by sasuke because he just is never in the village in boruto i know and like he'll and just he, pop up so deserves it like there is an episode in boruto where there's a parent child day and um he i don't know he, he like just only comes home he doesn't even go talk to go talk to sakura yeah at all he just is in the village and you'll never go see her and then he'll just split whoops <laughs>
1: and she doesn't care anymore because she already got hers you know what i mean right she already she already got what she, she wanted she already bumped the uglies
0: bumped that uglies and made it made a baby
1: and then you know there's this annoying you know part of her character where she's always like i'm going to catch up and they're going to be looking at my back like do you feel that makes her flat that particular cuz she never she kind of gets close the pro- so here's my issue is like, it's not even her fault that this d- didn't work because she's talking about Naru God and Sauce God. They're gods. They're
0: literal They're both gods. gods. You're yeah. never
1: going to be close to them.
0: They're casually defeating gods Like together. Kishimoto
1: should have just dropped that whole piece. Yeah. She should be the support to their
0: godness. So her aspiration to godliness, to catch up to the rest of teen seven has made her flat in her aspirations. I think it kind of did because she could never really catch up.
1: I mean, I like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's such a mess because they shouldn't be as strong as they are. Like, if you take, right. like, like we've talked about this in the previous episodes, like, regular Jonin are like little kids to these guys now. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're even little kids to Sakura. Like, she could she's honestly disgusting she's she's like doing, she's way stronger than you think busting so. mountains with fists like, like that's seriously. casual that's casual and work she's for got her. the thousand healings or whatever like she is she is sunade
0: right she's untouchable and she, she then even the uh some people have said oh it might even be stronger than Tsunade. naturally and, she has to be the successor to, to what she can be you know and so
1: now it's like i guess sunade is not even like you know it doesn't even Hold a candle to Naruto and Sasuke, right? Right. I don't know. I think they just it got way out of control, and I think if they had done a better job of keeping the power from just like skyrocketing, she you would could have, have
0: had to keep up. She would have actually played it like I think she would have
1: kept up fairly well, right?
0: Right. If if it didn't escalate to a wild degree, like
1: let's think like I don't know, early early Naruto and Shippuden, and take her from the war arc. I think they're very. Okay. Comparable. Yeah.
0: No, I, I agree. And I think, I, I guess that's it. It's what you said, is that she only seemed a little flat because of the surrounding strengths that she had to keep up with. And she did her best up until the very end. However, when it comes to flat characters... Here we go. I And, I, and okay, so the, I'm going to preface this by saying I have said that I love this series in the past on past episodes, and I stick by it. I really do like this series, but the main character, Kirito, mm-hmm. from Sword Art Online... Is just so bland. He's so bland. I guess, okay, so, like I said, I like the series a lot. But if you look at Kirito in isolation, he's not great at all. He has no development. He has no personality, hardly any. And I know he may have been built that way for the use of an isekai power fantasy. And it really set up the character archetype for the isekai genre going forward. But watching new shows like Slime and Rise of the Shearer, you don't have to have your character be this vessel that you can just put yourself into. He could be a little more, you know, like, uh, depth of emotion and decision-making and stuff like that. Not with Kirito. He was a bomb as fuck from the beginning, and no one one could touch him. Literally no one could touch him. Yeah. Uh, Until you, in literally, like, hacks mode, the owner of the game was the only one that could really do anything to him. And then he hacks them back.
1: Yeah, the it's, final it's battle. like the, the Shin Wolf Ford guy from Kenjo Maigo. Mm-hmm. I really like that you brought him up because he's on my list. Is he? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew that was going to make you like, what? Come on now. But yeah, so Kirito, he he's the archetype. I get it. But those archetypes, they rely on the setting and surrounding situations to shine. They as characters don't. You can't drop like if you drop kirito in a hunter X Hunter, he'd get his ass wiped. But if you drop Gon into Sword Art Online, I bet he could figure it out and like use use his head, use his character and the kind of person he is to prevail and succeed.
1: But how he's a level ninety nine Black Knight. Exactly.
0: That's uh, that's what I'm saying. I think Gon can be level one hundred. He can oh get that. God. He can take that extra step because Gon's that good of a main character. You can't drop Kirito into anything else. It just wouldn't work. It only works because he's in that setting, that particular thing. Because what's Mm. his real gift? Oh, his reflexes are really good. It's godly. He was a beta tester. He knew about the game before anybody else. Screw that. That's circumstantial. That doesn't make for a good main character. It just means for your basic-ass Utaku dropped into a situation where he is going to shine. Yeah. So he's just flat to me, man. Like Everything else is great about that whole first season. But... um, yeah, I almost wanted to say Asana, but I almost thought we consider her a main character. <laughs> Dang, it just Jonathan. didn't feel it. I didn't, I didn't feel it from her. Even if everyone calls her best girl, but whatever.
1: So my next one is God Usopp from One Piece. Okay. So hit, I, hit me I with know, reasons. I know you haven't watched this, so I'll give a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, no,
0: so I'm also learning with y'all. Let's follow so, along.
1: Usopp is like one of the original uh, members of the uh, Straw Hat crew. So okay. I think he's like number four, three or four to join. Uh, so he's early on on the crew, right? And he is the most whiny character, the absolute most annoying character, the most like piece Wait, of crap character. What's his aesthetic? Is he the skeleton fellow or no, the, he's the long ass nose with the like fro?
0: Oh yeah, I kind of like him. He reminds me of uh, Dan Avedon from Game Grumps a little bit. Oh, my. He, <laughs> he does, does, I
1: guess, but he does. <laughs> so. Anytime they have anything they have to do, like as a crew, he'll whine and moan about it. And he'll be like, oh, my God. So scared. So <sighs> scared. And and it's like, like, he
0: can be that whiny, right? I mean.
1: Seriously, watch A-Arc and you'll hate him. I guarantee Is it. he
0: just there to be the, like, the Chucky from Rugrats? Like, I don't think this is a good idea. He's like the always the dissenting voice or is he just.
1: He's always a dissenting voice, but I don't even know if it's like to add to the story. I, I honestly don't know what he's there for.
0: Does he get anything any cool? Does he keep up? Is he a good combatant? Like it is a shounen. No, one he's of the big ass. Three, he's ass.
1: He like, he'll walk <laughs> into things and it's like unreal. Oh no. So like essentially there's been, I don't even know much character growth. Like he's stopped being as much of a wiener, like past dress Rosa, which okay. is like 600 episodes in. But he's still like a complete wiener. Like he has become powerful, okay, and so, he's still a wiener. So he
0: still acts like he's a wiener.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, no, no. He still is a wiener. Oh no! <laughs> so that goes real deep, right to his yes. bones. <laughs> so like, that. he has like a few, you know, skirmishes with his own. What's team. his best feat? You you know of like the, the his
0: best combat feat that he helped his friends and saved the day. Did he ever make? Did he ever work? Uh, make himself work that way like to be the the hero of the day
1: like as an accident
0: as an, so he's like the one one piece is jar jar binks jar jar binks will literally fall ass backwards into success
1: yeah but jar jar binks was actually a dark lord of the sith so we're gonna get into conspiracies now <laughs> we're gonna do this and anywho uh <laughs> i love that one it is really good uh um, check us
0: out on our non-existent x podcast that's about star wars it's it's uh star schmucks and we talk about <laughs> we talk about jar jar binks synth connection conspiracy
1: <laughs> um no but usopp will literally whine about anything like anything they have to go do he'll whine about and then he'll he pre- so he his whole like character is he talks a big game okay but then he'll like run away or hide or something like that he has done helpful things throughout But it's like sprinkled in between him just bitching and moaning all day. Oh no. I don't know. Just to me, I can't I couldn't get behind it. Okay. Uh, Pat bot got like more more into his character later on and like he becomes a strong member of the crew. The issue right. is he's still a whiny bitch, and I cannot <laughs> stand it. He's still a whiny bitch. Like I don't know. For me, annoyingness in characters where they just like whine for no reason is super, super big turn. Was it
0: because he was he was faced with threats that him alone couldn't handle? Like Luffy's the one always kind of really coming in or Zoro or coming coming into doing something about it.
1: But... I mean, honestly, until later in the series, he can't he can't do anything by himself for sure. But That's sad.
0: So he's just kind of there as to impose. A surface level sense of threat like oh no this
1: is we're never gonna win how do we ever gonna defeat this enemy i think he's honestly there for like some some like comedic relief lightning. of sorts yeah relief and then just to be a pain in the ass in the middle of the crew so that you realize they're not all just gods walking into places or like You know, Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji are relatively fearless. They'll go do whatever they got to do. Robin is cool like that. But then Nami and Usopp will do, like, the little, we're scared, we shouldn't do this kind of thing. Do you
0: feel that there needs to be a place for that, though? Like, in
1: in a crew? Okay, so there's there's no place for someone who's consistently saying, we'll never defeat
0: them. I mean,
1: what bothers me is they all got behind Luffy, and they want him to become the Pirate King, right? Right, right, right. So... Whatever he says they need to do or they decide as a group, they need to do it. There's no point in whining about it. I understand. Okay. And then, like, in a lot of situations, like we had talked about this before, it's stakes that the world places on you. Well, that happens all the time in One Piece. Like, there's things they can, that are way out of their control. Right. And for whatever effing reason, he still whines about it. And it's like, dude. Just stop. Yeah, it's just not like stop, you guys, It's not like we you guys can't change to this, this. place, Right. It's, it's unchangeable. Oh, wow. But I think a funny part about him, though, is his his bounty is going up like crazy just because, like, everyone hates him so much.
0: He's just associated with the Straw Hat crew, and he just consistently has a huge bounty on his head.
1: He's getting, like, a crazy bounty because, um, like, there's this mythos about him now where he's, like accidentally doing all these massive feats, and so now the world government just fucking hates him. I, lo- like, I kind of dig that, though. That's funny. That's I'm funny his, to me. His character is unbelievably annoying throughout. I got you. So, I don't like him. I wish he was deleted. <laughs> I wish he was... Get, you're, you've been excommunicated from Straw Hat. Get yeah. off the boat. There was literally an opportunity where they almost did that. Oh, He got pissed off about a boat that they were getting rid of because it was broken. Oh, my god! And honestly, that arc was the most hate that I could be for Usopp. He was whining about a boat that was, basically they've been torturing this boat and it was like just unable to be repaired. And he's like, Luffy, how could you leave the boat? And it's like, we get it, it's part of the crew, but it's broken, what do you want to do? What do you to want do? to do with this? Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's actually pretty funny. Okay, so <sighs> I, I I get that that kind of character, I don't know. Uh, and you're going to start to notice a trend with my picks um, because as much as I love kind of Isekai type, while Kirito was more of a flat character, like Shin Wolford, mm-hmm. from Wiseman's Grandchild, is probably one of the most annoying takes on the Isekai power like main character. Just because he's the kind of character that, like his, he's like daft as fuck. Like he 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 knows the rules of the system of the world he's in. He knows how to do magic to a degree that no one else understands, but he's written in a way that there's no mental payoff for following this character. Like I've said it before in the show and I'll say it again, that whole example of him knowing the, the components of something burning is to, to us watching it is a high school level concept, but in the world that he's in, even the smartest of elders, I not
1: understand why you get hung up. Like
0: on this. the smartest, I don't it's, get it it's just at all. other stuff, man. Like his high school level knowledge
1: is is better than a medieval level knowledge, of
0: course. I wouldn't say it's beneath. They just have chosen magic over science, so maybe they never asked the question. But I, I cannot buy the fact that no one would be smart enough to wrap their mind around the ability to burn something at a scientific level if they were told it because the the thing for me that I, I had to sit down and give a real case I know you like this character I know you like this show but I think the problem here is that he is the main character in a power fantasy so everyone around him has to be worse than him at the thing that he is built around and in this case it's his knowledge So everyone has to be dumber than a middle school to make him seem like a proper power fantasy character, and like when told, "Hey, this is how fire works," and they just there—it's like they had they had heard the the truth of the universe. Their minds melt. They don't know what they're like. How the what fire burns because it like needs oxygen. It just burns. It's fire. No, think it through. I get it. He if people see him as a prodigy, then they listen to him and they can't even wrap their mind around it. It just makes every other character look dumber by
1: yeah extent of the here's writing. This is a problem. If you have no foundation of chemistry or science, you're not going to understand the concept. It's like, well, you are basically adding oxygen to fuel right. and using friction and heat to heat up the atoms and right. cause fire.
0: So uh, okay, so. Piggybacking off of that, I get that if they have no foundation in chemistry or science, I understand why that'd be a wild concept. But what that makes me as the viewer feel like is that someone from our world, if were we were put into that world of magic, magic would be baby shit easy. Yes. So basically, it's it's not it doesn't feel like there's any struggle for the main character to overcome anything, because the system of overcoming is so easy comparatively that it's there's there's no struggle there's no conflict there's conflict in the society around him and he is there to combat it but he is a main character there's no struggle for him he's already grown to the max he's he's there like he literally casually on their uniforms like did something that the nation would consider pretty much area 51 level shit right and to me that took him no time to think about and do he was just like, I'm just going to rewrite these words. And everyone around him was just like, oh, my God, you created an international treasure. Uh, come on, man. That that There's no payoff in that. And it, that's all because I think of the main character. The main character just – he was written in a way that
1: – Yeah, I, I guess I think we have differing opinions on what this show is trying to do. I
0: guess so. I don't know. So, I, I, I tried to buy it in, man. Their most recent episodes were not great. but
1: Yeah, they were really annoying. <laughs> But I mean, in the very, very most recent episode, he basically creates magic flight like. Oh, yeah. By basically reversing gravity. Right. And he he's explaining this to his group and they don't he uses the word gravity. He's like, oh, shit. They don't know about gravity. So he has to like basically come up with some other way to explain it to them to make them visualize. And and there
0: and I think there is I think it'll take time. I'm gonna still watch the show, but I think there will be, it'll come a time when I think I'm about, it'll click for me. But right now it's just not clicking, man. Like I know they have no idea what gravity is, and I understand in a society that they've never had the the advancement to the point where they understand it. But all that means is. I don't know. I just never. I never feel connected to the main character because there's no struggle for him. It's literally helping everyone around him overcome the struggle. So I guess.
1: Well, I think what's cool is that the demonoid that they're all getting stronger to fight. Yeah. He seems to be on the same level or higher because yeah. he already knew flight magic and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. Shin was like, "What the hell is he doing?" Like he didn't get it either at the, at at that point. Right. So I think he's the goal. He's trying to strengthen up to basically attack or whatever, like overcome Okay, is this, this demonoid. And yeah. so I think what's more interesting to me is that there's like a geopolitical backstory to this whole thing where basically Merlin and uh, Melinda, Melinda. Yeah. They basically are the heroes of this um Earl Shide kingdom, mm-hmm. but they are not part of the kingdom. They're just, basically honored heroes of the kingdom, but mm-hmm. they like refuse to be used as like war dogs. And so they're being very careful with Shin saying like, look, you can he can go to your school and he can, you know, help your kids, but he cannot be used for any military gain because it would be like really unfair to it basically disbalance all of the geopolitical, you know, interactions throughout the entire world.
0: And I think that's a good you bring up a really good point, and I think that's actually adding a little bit to, now that I'm thinking about it, like why I'm not a big fan of Shin. From before, you're right. I think that there is a goal for the main character. He has time, and he needs to put in some effort to overcome this demonoid, because you're right, he does seem like he's got some more stuff about magic figured out than even Shin does. However, that, that disparity that the show has created between everyone else and him... Makes his journey very disjunct from the rest of theirs. Like he's helping them just get to the level that he was at episode one. Yeah. But his journey is in no way relatable to any other character on the show except the one he's fighting against. He's up he's alone up here on the top. There is no group of them working towards the same goal. They'll never unless they pull some ass pull about, oh, they're gonna suddenly gonna get get it.
1: Let's think about this. How's that any different than Saitama? He's above everyone else, head and shoulders. It's just a funnier show. he That's
0: the thing. He has no, he, like, his journey at that point is a very, very human one. You can relate to the journey he has to take. Like, what's the point if the goal's been reached? Where is my purpose I after like the Shin purpose? I feel in a similar. But he, he has a purpose now. He's got to fight this demonoid. He's got to get a little even better, but there's no getting better for Saitama. That's why he's at the cap. But Shin's not at the cap. He's just so far away from everybody else that it makes him, for me, unrelatable to anyone else around him.
1: Like I'm saying, I don't think that is any different than Saitama because he is completely unrelatable to anyone else. None of them can even touch him.
0: I know, but that's what I'm saying. But but what makes him unique is that—
1: Well, you're talking about the disparity between the rest of the world and Shin— and there is no difference, in my opinion, between that and Saitama, except the tone of the show.
0: No, no, I, I think there's one major difference: where where the cap is to get better, the the true ceiling. You're you are the best. The problem in the universe. is we don't know
1: if Saitama's at a ceiling. The problem is he's un he's uncontested. Shin only had to get stronger because he was contested.
0: Right. Now that Shin is contested, he is now he's now at a literary aspect much different than Saitama. There is no contest, and there never will be a contest for Saitama at this point. That's what his character is. Like Boros was the only time he gave one serious punch in like possibly a year of his three-year journey. They gave a really serious punch. And even then, he had buckets of power to spare, and right. Boros knew it. Now Shin. If he were to be the world's cap and it was somehow the responsibility of everyone else to fight the demonoid and he's just used advisory, like he, there's some reason why he couldn't fight. Now, that would be compelling that he's at the cap, but there's a reason why he couldn't be the re, like the main protagonist against the, the villain.
1: But So, the so what I think is going to be interesting about the show is he is training up these guys and they're basically stronger than all the other militaries of the world now. Right. So I'm thinking he's destabilized the geopolitical kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Because they said, look, we're not going to use, we refuse to use Shin, but Mm -hmm. he's just made all these guys basically mini Shins. So, you know, it's destabilized whether they're going to let him join the fight or what, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be interesting moving forward, assuming they go down that route. I hope they do because that is actually a genuinely interesting point of view. I think if we just have to fight if we just only see Shin fight the big bad demon, I don't know that I'll enjoy the rest of the show either. I agree with that. I think and it's a right. very geopolitical like debate at this point. I I could not give two shits about Sicilian Clode and their little love thing. I yeah, couldn't care less. I, I just
0: don't yeah.
1: It, I'm just finding it interesting that they're they're basically making all these people promise not to use Shin as a weapon, but he's still like
0: He's trying to he's be the weapon. Little,
1: He's dropping little marbles of information that they're like, oh, shit, we could totally do that. Yeah. And like whether he's meaning to or not, he's giving them an unbelievable advantage over the rest of the world. Yeah. And that is what I'm interested in seeing. Okay.
0: Yeah, so like I said, I'm going to keep watching it, but they're at a crossroads with this character, Shin. If they take it in a number of directions I already see, then it could instantly make him compelling enough to try to follow him to the end. As it is right now, he just doesn't strike me as unique in in the slightest. He, he's not he's not gripping it for me. So,
1: okay. Any other honorable mentions? Yeah, I actually have two little honorable mentions. If you guys like this segment, we can go in depth on the rest of our honorable mentions or other characters we, we got don't some like characters and in the list, other yeah. things. We went a little heavy on Shin, but That's I thought fine. it needed to be said. Because I get it. I know. I know. A lot. Oh yeah. So he's a Shin daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Orihime. Oh yeah? Do from you Bleach. Really? Come on. She is so effing annoying. What makes her annoying? I mean, she's like Sakura 2.0, except whiny. Disrespectful. She is way less useful than Sakura. She's
0: a beautiful woman. She's freaking hot. She can turn reality back on itself.
1: Yeah. What an OP power set. Okay, but... Remember she's supposed to have a defensive ability, an attack ability, and then that like time warping. Like ability. a healing
0: that, that reality denying healing ability.
1: Which, by the way, what the hell? Anywho But it makes a lot of sense. The attack her, ability gets
0: killed. It sucks. It's so bad. And <laughs> they that, but, kill like, it. but her shield and healing is she just it becomes the best support character of all time. Like,
1: I uh, love it. Anyway, she just whines so much and she loves she loves the crap out of Ichigo but won't say anything to him.
0: <laughs> um, take notes class Ethan. Uh, as a professor has a general uh, distaste for whining.
1: Yeah, whining is <laughs> Just a pain general my whining.
0: Ass. I am not I'm not a fan of power, poorly constructed power fantasy characters.
1: I've one more. Do you have another one?
0: Uh yeah, let me crush one more. Uh Ash Ketchum. Ash Ketchum is one of the worst anime protagonists of all time. He's one of the worst Pokémon trainers of all time. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. So, no, seriously, he's underwhelming. I know he's 10. Shut up. I know he's 10. Everyone, shut up. I know he's 10 and probably 18 plus at this point. But he's underwhelming. He makes it to several league matches and just gets busted.
1: Completely bodied. And
0: I wonder why. It's because he doesn't – like. I know it's going into metas, but he doesn't. He seems to have not grasp typing. No, he doesn't know (laughs) shit about typing. He doesn't know anything about breeding a Pokemon to like be a good fighter. He so and also he releases all of his strongest Pokemon. Here's unbelievable. Here's a list of the of the people he's. I know. So yeah, Charizard, Butterfree, Butterfree. Pidgeot, Lapras, Greninja.
1: Are Ridiculous. you kidding? There's
0: they have such incredible battle potential that that's a team right there. Plus Pikachu.
1: When he got rid of Pidgey, I I seriously was like, I'm gonna kill you. ass. so I dumb. I will kill you.
0: And when he got rid of uh, Greninja, I was like, dude, you unlocked a new type of evolution that barely anybody in the entire universe of Pokemon's ever seen, and you it requires a deep connection with that Pokemon to gain that power. So what do you do? Peace? Dip! <laughs> get the fuck a, out of my world. I got new Pokemon I need to shove inside my party.
1: Yeah, that that was a pain.
0: Um here's a and a fun. You know what? Just a total side fact. A little trivia for you, class. Who is the Pokemon who has the highest uh KD? KD. Kill death. Uh, KD, like like winning winning percentage in battles for Ash.
1: Mm-hmm. It's probably Tauros.
0: Tauros was close. It's Infernape. Infernape was the best buster he's ever had, huh. and has won more matches than any Pokemon uh, versus their total matches for him.
1: Cause I, was, I at first I was like maybe Kingler, and I'm like no, he loses every freaking match he's in. When he when
0: he got Crabhammer and Guillotine, that was pretty good. He still lost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, Ash catch him. Trash Pokemon trainer. Not a great, not a great protagonist.
1: Okay, and then one last one for me, Lambo from Reborn, Hitman Reborn. Mm-hmm. He's just this, like, basically, he is one of their... Uh, Lambo is like the cow, like, little cow kid, Yeah, right? cowboy. Yeah, I like him. I, I do like him. I think he's funny. He's funny, but he's a pain in the ass. He just whines and cries all the time. Basically,
0: his only battle potential is when he gets his future self, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really it.
1: But, like, I mean, that's the point. They're forced to create the Capos too early, like the heads of the family too early. And so he's still a little baby. You
0: got a rad tag. Yeah. Rad tag group.
1: So he cry, he cries a lot. I hate crying, obviously. And you know, he here pulls we go. out his
0: he pulls a time bazooka and shoots himself and yeah. out of his out of his fro. He's I love funny, that he's a funny, funny character. I do like bro. him a lot, yeah. But yeah, okay. So I mean, yeah, main characters, you know, would you say most of the time they're written well for the stories that they're in? I'd
1: say Overall. most of the time.
0: Yeah. So I mean this was an easy to find things we really hated about some main characters, but they're out there. Yeah. I some mean, aren't hey, great.
1: If you guys want a part two, we can definitely go in depth on some other ones. So, I mean, if we're going to
0: speak on main characters, we like, and don't like, it's now time for over underrated under, yeah. over, under, over and over under, <laughs> over and under. So as you know, the segment is where we each take a stance on a character that we, uh, from a show we've seen very intensely. And, uh, depending on which w- side we get, we build a case for them being overrated or underrated we do some rebuttals and break down each other's arguments, and we'll give our actual opinions of the character after we have made our cases. So,
1: if you're lucky, Rick, I might even let you rebuttal my yeah, arguments. Yeah, that'd be really nice. So <laughs> I can actually do some rebuttals. So, um,
0: so I have taken overrated on Midoriya, main character of Bakunotia underrated and he's taken underrated. So, um can i refer- right,
1: I'm gonna go first. This one, sure. Yeah. And if you're a witless weeb, it's my hero, <laughs> <laughs> a witless weeb. <laughs>
0: Just new to the game. But, you know, uh, both answers are considered correct on the test that you'll be given at the yeah. end of this episode. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, when I was doing my my case for overrated Midoriya, I have to uh, you know preface all of this by saying that I don't think he was overrated initially. But as he stands right now in the animated series and even into the uh, manga arcs that have yet to be adapted, he has become overrated. He, he was written to be uh, kind of cornered as a character, and I'm going to I'm gonna tell you why. So there are two aspects to Midoriya when he first started out as trying to become the best hero that I think gave him the edge as a really great main character. One of those things is his fanboy wisdom. You know, he kept 13, 13 composition notebooks worth of notes of just all the heroes he's seen – All of their strategies, their weaknesses, their their fight styles, their powers and their quirks. And I think from the start of the show, he leveraged that encyclopedic knowledge of hero work to get the edge because his power set was yet to be controlled even at all. So that was his thing. His thing was being more nerdy about heroes and therefore more experienced and more learned about heroes. So... When he was fighting Bakugo in the early days, he would just leverage his his perception, the way he watched his fighting, and he took him down a couple times without even using a quirk, which is incredible to me. He overcame that just by being him, regardless of his quirk. He knew more experience than anyone in his class, and he I felt like that that was married very well to the second point of his character, which is risk. His power set and growth of his quirk came initially from the risk-reward dynamic that the power gave. It was brilliant. I, th- I loved it. Finding ways to minimize damage and then maximize results in a fight is an amazing dynamic for someone who had a fanboy brain to use over his godly brawn. And if he were to not minimize well or make a miscalculation in planning, in battle, he would be literally taken out of the fight. Limbs broken. Just a totally broken body if he were to go overboard. So... This is how he starts out. Why he's overrated is because later, now, those two things have been removed entirely via prop, like plot prop progression. His risk was completely nullified when he got full cowling. He can now fight competently without ever needing to to worry about bodily risk. So he lost that one cool thing about him. And now he's still celebrated like, oh, he's still striving to overcome his odds. No, he's not. He's got control a bit, just a 20th of his power, but he no longer has that risk factor. And it's just, he's just a strong dude now. There's nothing more that that brain work can give that I loved Midori initially for. And as for that fanboy wisdom, that's gone. He's never needed to use it in a fight anymore. He just gets the power he needs, which is the most shoehorned bullshit, ever, the, like, the muscular fight, he basically, one million percent, and he just basically, he didn't use any wit, he didn't use any, like, oh, this kind of villain is, like, an enhancement type quirk, I can know I can do this or that, muscular fight just felt shoehorned in just to, oh, give him another power-up, we know he can do this now if he really needs to, that's not, uh, that didn't feel like a good use of Midoriya's initial skill set, you know, and, I think the only time he ever uses his brain in the sef- second half of the show is the rescue Bakugo plan, which I felt like anyone could have thought up in his class at that point, given who was there at the site. So that didn't exemplify like Midoriya's knowledge of heroism, just a plan because he's the guy who comes up with plans. So to me, in the end, his overrated aspect came in the form of his rushed, main shonen p- protagonist growth style he kind of fell into the trope a little too hard and now everyone celebrates him as like oh he's so endearing he's so this yeah but his endearing aspect came before from the fact that he was every single battle was a a battle of planning and perception and stuff like that for him so he didn't break his body now he just fights now he's just a strong dude So he just doesn't have the same kick he did in the first half of the series. And I feel it it sucks that he didn't have that. I know there are uh, arcs in the manga later that might explore this more. But at this point, in these arcs that we know about in the anime itself, he's way overrated. He doesn't necessarily have the same spark he did in the beginning. And people still celebrate uh, celebrate his character anyway for the same reasons, even though they're gone. deuces (laughs) (laughs) deuces
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting that's my
0: that's my take on him
1: i'll be real when you started off by calling him underrated i was like where the budget no, no. is going <laughs> it's
0: because he's underrated initially or or he's he's just a great character initially he's made him overrated because people celebrate him for yeah. stuff that doesn't
1: doesn't apply anymore i know i was opinion. just like so are you just making my point for me yeah i like know <laughs> happening right now
0: but yeah okay so let me hear you underrated
1: so the reason i think he's underrated is uh Midoriya starts off as a complete quirkless dweeb who wants nothing more than to be a hero. He characteristically will run towards danger rather than away from it. When the slime monster captures Bakugo, he runs straight to him without thinking of his own safety. This leads All Might to bestow his powers upon him. So essentially, like you've mentioned, his character early is basically like pure hero except he has nothing to like he nothing no uh special powers essentially to use so he was born in the like basically worst case scenario for him as a like massive fan of heroes a massive you know lover of of the hero genre within this world right um his willingness to help regardless of the repercussions is where Bakugo starts to resent him. He seems to have no regard for his well-being and is weak, but rushes to help unlike Bakugo, who has all these, you know, special abilities, you know, necessary to dominate, but is kind of an edge lord about it.
0: He's he's pretty edge lord, I'll give you that. One. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I think um since his body is like completely I guess, human in this weird, weird world where everyone else isn't human. Basically, he, he has to train super hard even to be able to use five percent of all, all for one. So he spent that entire like summer before uh, the entry exams working his ass off. I mean, think about going out to a beach and just cleaning up all this disgusting shit every single day. For
0: like what? Ten months.
1: It was like a long-ass time. And so, you know, from a character that has no natural talent to just basically try harder than everyone else, I mean, that's like a very heavy anime trope. But for his character, it actually makes a lot of sense because there's nothing more that he wants in this world than to become a hero. He's been promised that, hey, if you do this, you can become a hero. And he works his absolute ass off. But even still, he's like, uh, all my goes, like, "Hey, man, your body's still kind of like not even capable of handling this, so you know when I give this to you, you know you're gonna have to really chill out."
0: <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't blow your load too quick.
1: So I I thought what was really cool, you know, like you had mentioned, he used um, his like superior. I don't want to say intellect. His like superior fanboyness.
0: That's what. That's the only way I could describe was fanboy wisdom. Like right. Really so like he was that. like
1: really into kind of figuring out how to be the best hero with what he has at his at you know at his disposal. For instance, in in the test to get into um, the academy, he uh, there's this ball toss they have to do. So he's getting his shit rocked on every single. Um, one of these tests so far because aizawa basically tells him hey if you break your arm i'm gonna fail you and you're never coming in so because basically aizawa is able to notice that he has a completely uncontrollable wild power that will end up doing himself more harm than like you know good he can do with it so what he does is he decides okay he says i ha- I can't break my whole arm i'm just gonna break a finger and." channel all of my power into the one finger as I throw the ball. So he's able to still, you know, still exceed expectations within the kind of test that they were doing. But, you know, he still takes the battle damage and he's like trying to kind of do his best to get around some of those issues that he has with his own power and his body's kind of weakness to it. Yeah, I got what you're saying. So, um, I think that's really cool. I think, He kind of embodies what a hero should be, not what the rest of the heroes in the world are. I think out of all the students, he's basically done... And this this may be like young-ish students. I don't know. um, You know, some of the older guys that come in and talk to them, like the basically students that are closest to becoming real heroes, they may have been doing more, and they just didn't really explain it to us as like an audience yet. But in my opinion, from all that we've seen in the show, he's done more to like genuinely save people than anyone else in the class. So to me, his character is still stronger than anyone else, regardless of whether he's getting like wrecked by his own power or maybe like the ass pole against Shinzo, right? There's a bunch of ass poles going on, but I still think the strength of his character is you know, related to his opinions about the world and, like, how a hero should be. I think it's really powerful how he talks about um, All Might always, you know, smiling so that all the people in trouble will just feel like there's somebody there, like there's hope. And I think it's really cool to contrast that with people like um, Bakugo or Endeavor, right? Who, you know, they want to be heroes, but they're kind of edgelords about it. I honestly still don't get what Bakugo's plan is here. It doesn't seem to make <laughs> I mean, a whole what, lot of what's sense. What's his angle? But I mean, and then there's those other heroes that are just doing it as models or like the uh I forget the dang girl's name, the like gigantic lady. Oh, um Giganta. Something like that.
0: It's she it's a. Uh, um it's like Mount Lady or something oh, like it's, that. Oh, it's uh yeah, yeah, Mount Lady. Mount Lady or, something, lady like or something like that.
1: Yeah. Like just becoming a hero to be famous like in making a lot of money is not obviously the way this is supposed to go. Yeah. So I think, I think his, his character of saying, look, I want to do this to help people. I think is a really powerful part of his character and can make up for some of the, um, I don't know, ass poles and like body issues that he has. Mm-hmm. I think to me, you know, he, he puts himself in way too much danger a lot of the time for no reason. Like if he breaks off his arms and can never use them again, then helping that one person didn't help the thousands of others that he could have helped. So I think he has a, he has a really hard time kind of delineating between like current problems and like future. And then also, you know, he doesn't ask for help enough, you know? So so those are some like little parts, but I think, you know, when you, when you, you talked about muscular and, you know, I had mentioned, I think that he's done the most to actually save people. Well, muscular had killed this kid's two professional hero parents, and he was about to kill this kid. And he, uh, muscular, is what's considered like a class A villain, so like a really high level villain who has killed other heroes. And Midoriya, against all odds, and like throwing his his safety out of the equation, is able to like whip this guy's ass, and you know overcome some of the you know issues with. You know, like I had said, I don't think it is necessarily the smart move and the time to basically cripple yourself just to save the one kid. But I think that's what makes him a hero is like he's after every single person he can save. And uh, so I think that's what makes him underrated is, uh, you know, you would I think humans in our world would probably be like, yeah, let's let's kind of look towards the greater good rather than just saving every single one person. But I think individually, he is interested in every one person to save. Interesting.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess if I, if I had a couple rebuttals, um, you know, the way I see Midoriya in a ter- and from an overrated perspective is that people celebrate him for that, you know, uh, that concept of self-sacrifice, where he's willing to jump into the fray no matter what he can do. He's going to do everything he can do, but from what we've learned from some of the top heroes is that it requires a certain situational awareness. Like the, like the most recent, like the end of season three, where it was a pretty lackluster second half of a season for my hero. But one thing I noticed is that that kind of provisional license exam required thinking like situational awareness and thinking that someone who's just going to jump in, like imagine if he were to do the same thing he did when Bakugo was getting attacked by that slime villain at the very beginning of the series, do something like that in the provisional license exam. And he just like ran in without thinking of other people and the saving people and stuff like that. He just, he just went. So the way I see him, well, he, well, for one thing, I think he would have failed. I think he would have been in the same group of the people who didn't get their licenses, but bravery and fool, foolishness are kind of a fine line where, Acting from the heart instead of your head can lead to miscalculations, and that doesn't make for a good hero. That's that makes Midoriya to me seem a little unstable. Right. I'd want someone to go into the situation and use their head a little bit, um, and be like, okay, maybe maybe this person's in an immediate danger, but this person is. But if you were to eyeball that one person under some rubble and someone else getting attacked, and he sees the first that person first and he's closer, like, all right, I'm gonna go help him while well, the other one gets munched.
1: Yeah, I, mean, like I was pretty actually pissed about the way that whole. License exam went from a Midoriya standpoint. A lot of people didn't like that. He yeah. didn't really do anything.
0: He kind of surprised Carol Whale there for a second.
1: Yeah, but it was like kind of like Orca. Orca, Killer Orca. Killer Orca. orca? No, Gang Orca. Gang Orca,
0: that's it. The dopest name. He is one of the most. Like, like, people. Dude, Twitter lit up about him. Like, a bunch of girls were thirsty for Gang Orca. What the? I'm not kidding. You can go to Twitter right now and look up Gang Orca.
1: Absolutely will not do
0: that. I'm not talking to you, Ethan. I'm talking to the fans. Oh, sorry. Homework. (laughs) Go do it. Go look up Gang Orca orca Thirst on Twitter. It's kind of homework you have in this class. No, but, but
1: I I think what is interesting about what you just said is I think his ideals are suited more for his eventual power. Like that, for instance, one all might can do whatever he wants. Right. You know what I mean? He has like, the power to do whatever he, he, he power, wants. He has the power, speed, yeah. whatever to yeah. like not really be concerned with not saving just one person. Do you know what I mean? Right.
0: And I think it, it adds to the overratedness, like people like celebrate him for that particular run into the fray aspect when you kind of sit down and think what makes for a good hero It it needs a little more foresight and tact, and that's a little foreshadowing to the most the season four that's coming up with the overhaul and that whole arc. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be the most one of the most amazing arcs of the show, if not the best. I, I am excited for it because I think it does fix a lot of the problems that I saw with Midori's character. But as it stands right now, He's in a weird situation where he throws himself into the fray, but he's in situations so complicated that you just can't do that. You need to take a step back and reconsider things. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so far it's been working for him, but obviously, once he starts dealing with like real issues, yeah, he like needs it's to gonna change. be an issue.
0: He needs to change
1: or real uh, like not here's villains like villain situations. Yeah. I think it's a little kind of whack that you know his class has dealt with more like real he- or villain issues than most other classes at their point. Oh yeah, this so like they're like
0: they're the one th- that they get special treatment from the principal because they're like, okay, you guys have actually kind of dealt with stain and you did some stuff. So just keep it on the DL and we'll be cool.
1: Right. <laughs> so they're like forced to kind of grow up too fast and I think that's yeah. kind of part of Midoriya's issue is if he was allowed to just study and do the regular kind of thing.
0: I think it would have maybe been a little detrimental to his character. What do you mean? Because I think now he's a little more... Like, I know in the overhaul arc, I'm not going to give anything away, but he definitely does take a step back. Like, even, even the one thing I said, the only time he actually used his brain in the second half of the show was in the, save Bakugo incident when it was one for all and all for one in the same spot with all those other villains. He actually used his head, and it was a good plan. While it wasn't necessarily great, like, specific to his character, the kind of plan he came up with, when he does use his head... It does work for him, but oftentimes he'll use his heart, and that is celebrated by people. But to me, is overrated because it makes for a very unstable hero.
1: Yeah, but I think that's what I mean. Like, I think if he was given more time in the classroom, just doing like the regular hero stuff, right? It would have developed his his kind of like internal monologue as like you know the checkdowns of what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like like kind of what the way I feel, anyways. As a character, he has no um, I guess structure from a structured hero perspective mm-hmm. like which is which is what the school is supposed to give him, what the pro, uh, the provisional license exam was supposed to point out
0: was supposed to
1: right is that like look you're obviously you're you can be as strong as you want, but you have to do things in a specific stamp like a, kind of a procedure. Right. right, like yeah. he has no procedure beforehand. Right, but I don't know that that's necessarily his fault. It's just that at this point he's had so much shit go like batshit crazy wrong with him. Like these random ass villains are constantly after the dude. Like of course he's gonna have to just come up with something on the fly. And and I think that's where his you know composition books of all the heroes crap really helped him. Right, was he hadn't been in school long enough yet to really learn anything. So. Having been like a lifelong learner, had really helped him out then, but I think it was de- detrimental to him overall because now his arms are basically useless. Like he's hurt himself so much because of all these people attacking.
0: Right, and that's the thing. It doesn't seem like he's, his 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 willing his willingness to save others at any cost has been obviously detrimental to both him physically and his performance. Because I, I think he could have done better, and he knew he could have done better during the provisional license exams. Because if you were to ask him at any point in the early early bit of the show, he's like, Hey, Midoriya, how, the people are trapped underneath the, the rubble. How are you going to save them? Oh, I'm going to squeeze my butt cheeks and then say smash at the bottom of my heart, and everything will be okay. That's not going to fly when you're a full fledged hero with some real villainy. That's not going to, that's just doing that's not going to save everybody. So he, uh, so. I think if we're going to like kind of break out of the argument and do- talk about what we're really thinking about this character, there is so much room for Midoriya to grow. I think he's I think he's even underrated. Like this that's why this argument was very hard for me because I think he is underrated in a way that he it's it's kind of what you said. He has the mindset of a hero already in their peak
1: who right. has the power to do everything. They they set out to do with their ideals. I'm annoyed with character in some ways cuz yep. I think what I'm really, really s- s- like not sad about, but concerned about is that they're gonna ask pull him. In my opinion, and, they have to. and his arm problem isn't gonna be a problem anymore.
0: Uh, you haven't read the manga, have you? No. They do. I'm not gonna say anything more. I mean, so you, well, you knew. You, like, that's how it's gotta be, right? Because his like, arms they, are
1: fucked. <laughs> they should super give him an issue, like. This should be hard for him,
0: but so you said that's why my argument I centered it around that risk reward aspect that made him early in the show was so good right. because every move he made was on par or could have been on par with the strongest hero there is right now, like All Might. He could punch, he could put out force like All Might, but there is a huge risk for him doing that. So his constant struggle of how do I unleash godly strength but not, like, crush myself in the process? That was compelling. That was super compelling. And it only took someone with a brain like Midori to actually, you know, pull that off. Right.
1: You know? Uh, but I- Or, like, at least attempt to. Because, I mean, it's, he still does get hurt. I think what's weird to me is, like, Toshinori as a, like, regular man is really small and frail. Yeah, right. So, was his quirk that he's unbreakable? Or did was he quirkless just like Midoriya, like they kind of said?
0: Oh, there. So there's a, there's a myth going around. I think Game Theory may have done a cool video about this, where he actually had a quirk prior. Was that muscular transformation? That's what I think too. So he had he could put himself. He can only ever, you only ever see him use One For All in his muscular form. So basically, that would be smart for the previous One For All user. Or to look at someone like, oh, your quirk specifically can overcome that limitation of yeah. being a bad vessel. If you can gain perfect musculature and like a perfect body physically, he basically reminded me of like a Batman, like a comic book Batman. If he didn't have one for all, he would be at like peak human speed and strength and durability.
1: Or like Bane, you mean?
0: Yeah, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like without without augmentation, like you'd be basically beefing, beefing yourself up to like the biggest and best or your bisky. body. Or be. But you know what? Yes, Bisky, Hunter x Hunter. That's exactly. She's got his quirk. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that would be a lot cooler. I'm sure they'll explain it in the future. But like the way I was understanding it early was that his he had no quirk when he was a kid. Like I couldn't really understand. I was ha- having a really hard time grasping what exactly Toshinori was telling him when he's like, "Well, I wasn't always so strong." Type deal. Like, right. Like his his explanation of how he got one for all. Gotcha. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they explained it better than I was able to follow, but I kind of doubt it because I'm kind of fucking smart, you know? <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> No, me little, I mean. A little I, bit of a
0: genius when it comes to
1: <laughs> What I kind of hope is that his quirk was that body transformation. And then obviously since they all combine and now, you know, Midori can use the, all of them. It'd right. be cool if he, if he starts doing the body transformation shit.
0: So, yeah, so the... To solve his arm problem. Right. So I will say that, not going to run any manga spoilers, but the the arcs therein that have yet to be animated, I think, for me, this particular argument was tough. Doing an over-under on... I love Midoriya. He's very endearing. He He's he,
1: a whiny little bitch. He's a whiny little bitch, <laughs> but he's known nothing but. And I think he's gotten a lot less whiny, because he is now... Well, he's got to realize, you know, he, he heroes can't cry and whine all the they time. They can't cry and whine. And I, and I like that. So um, the manga definitely goes
0: into some more aspects about this. I don't want to get into it now, but it, it does tackle a couple of the things that I was concerned about making an overrated case for Midoriya and why I felt he was overrated. And they, they do balance him out. So I think the coming arcs for the anime will be so mint, so crispy, so tight. Like it's going to be great. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to kind of watch that when that comes back out. I mean, I love the story so far and, you know, maybe he's not the most endearing character at times, but I think, uh, he suits the needs well. Well, I mean, it would also be kind of like if we all of a sudden lived in that world and got a quirk, you know? Right. What like, would we do? Yeah. We'd be in a similar boat. Cause I know if I was in that world, I'd be stunning the shit out of quirks and like all the heroes too. You yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty relatable. In a lot of ways.
0: Oh, there's no, nothing to say. He's not. He's very relatable, right? Like, yeah, he's a he's one of us, so to speak, in a super powered world, and he's the minority. And, and then he's willing, suddenly, he's
1: willing to like constantly help Bakugo, even Bakugo's a jackass. That sucks, man. Like for no reason. I do
0: like his character arc, though. Bakugo's is pretty cool. I think I
1: like him as a character. I just wish he was like he's edgelord Lord for no reason. They have given zero reasons for why he's a complete shithead.
0: Right, 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 but. Maybe at some point, maybe after season four, we can go into and do a nice little in depth on My Hero
1: Academia anime as it is. right? Yeah, now. sounds good. Yeah. So, well, guys, I really enjoyed this. I hope you did too, Rick. Oh yeah, it was a good time. Well, I always love doing over under. I always love talking about things we hate. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, makes it real easy. If you guys did like the first half, please go ahead and tell us somehow that you want us to do more. Yeah, kind of if- more, you know, expand upon our. Characters we hate or annoy us or something like that.
0: Yeah, we're kicking around the idea of getting to Twitter. and We got some uh, other ways of social media reaching out. We're gonna start asking asking y'all some questions to respond at the end of some of these episodes. You know, if you're listening to this, then you can find our uh, Weebology Twitter, which in some episodes we'll give out. What main characters do you hate? Why do you hate them? Yeah, like, why do you hate them? That's a great that's question. That's a big one. Why do you hate them? And if if it's someone that you feel like you need to justify as a main character, do that too. That was one thing we were talking right. about. What makes a main character? So that's an, it's an interesting question. How do you feel about my young Midoriya too? You think yeah. he's overrated?
1: You think he's underrated?
0: You think he's perfectly rated? You know, give us, you know, give us a little tweet. See how... uh
1: Yeah, I think it would even be cool if you're doing like, oh, season one, he's overrated. Season two, he's underrated. You that's know, kind, that of kind of how I took my too. argument. That's really the best cool. way I
0: could take my argument. So, uh, yeah, in the future, maybe we'll uh, hit up social media for some questions and see if we can do a whole episode on maybe a bonus app on Q&A.
1: Sounds good. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. For, we're we're for on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Yeah. Please... Go, uh,
0: go ahead, do your homework. Go look up... Uh, uh, Kill a gang orca thirst on Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. But it's uh, up to you. You know, Specs please uh, rate our podcast if you can on Apple. Yeah, uh, five stars, helps five a lot. stars, ideally. Yeah, five stars um, but great. you know, if you want to give us five stars and then tell us how you really feel, please feel free to do that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, <laughs> ratings really help uh, podcasters grow, and you know, we're having a lot of fun making this, so. Uh, Giving us some yeah. incentive to continue to go is
0: super dope. Yeah, he actually eats stars uh, with milk as cereal in the morning. So <laughs> help help this poor boy eat some breakfast.
1: I'm so hungry.
0: I'm so hungry. <laughs> Give me stars and milk. All
1: right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I was Ethan. And I was Ricky. <laughs> and who knows
0: what we are now? <laughs> You've been learnt. <laughs> You've been learnt. Pieces. Deuces, I am Deuces, I I'm <laughs>